I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Bama Online Podcast. This one on a Tuesday, September the 27th, 2022. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL, alongside senior team reporter, Charlie Potter. A lot to get into on today's program. We're going to talk some Alabama men's basketball as Nate Oates' team hit the practice floor officially on Monday. We'll talk, of course, some Alabama football. A lot of Alabama football as we get you ready for a huge matchup in Fayetteville coming up on Saturday afternoon between the Crimson Tide and those Arkansas Razorbacks. First of all, though, Charlie, man, I have been in sort of Wednesday mode all day so far, and it's only halfway through the day. I can't get through my head (laughs) that it's only Tuesday. I I don't need to be given days away during this time of year. We don't have enough. We don't have enough time. I I can't. I got to stop doing that. Yeah, I mean, especially a week like this when you have a travel day, well, two uh, there and back built in, um, it seems like there's just not enough time. And it's it's also crazy that this is week five of the season, that the month of October is just a couple days away. Because um, once you get to the start of the season, it just it just flies. Clicks. Because like July and even June seem to kind of snail their way around <clears throat> and um you know, the off the off season, I'm sorry, can can take forever. But once the season gets here, man, it's just like, geez, where did it go? And it's, it's already like a vapor trail. Yeah, yeah. The, thankfully, there's kind of like a a weekly structure in terms of when I have to be up to um, to Mount Moore and even to Coleman Coliseum now. So I, I haven't mixed up the days, but yeah, it, it seems like uh, they don't last long enough these days. Well, we're going to get into the state of the Alabama football team as it prepares for a. Really just season-defining run, that's all, over these next four, five, six games. Uh, it is here. Uh, it felt a little bit like the preseason, the, sep- the month of September. Uh, the regular season is certainly here as you get into SEC Western Division play and just some massive games in general coming up for this Alabama football team. But you mentioned Coleman Coliseum, and on Monday we heard from Nate Oates uh, as the Alabama men's basketball team got to work with preseason practice the first of what 30 that Alabama will have before the start of the season. So we're still a a little bit of a ways off from the season opener, but you know, this is also a team and I I know you talked about this or you asked Nate about this on Monday uh, also had the benefit of the trip to, to Spain and France. So uh, this isn't exactly new ground for this latest team with Nate. No, it's not. And I think that's going to be beneficial because there's a ton of new faces. Um, you obviously don't have Javon Quinterly out there. He's been injured. And, and Amari Burnett didn't play with this team last year. So you only have three returning players in Charles Bediaco, Noah Gurley, and, and Darius Miles. So to have that extra practice time and to play three games and, and one against um, kind of competent competition in, in the Chinese national team, uh, I think that's going to do dividends for this team. And, um, you know, I, I think they're a little ahead of whether they would normally be on a year where there's no foreign tour. Um, that's to be expected, of course, given that they've been able to practice some, but it's, it's good just to, to build 
chemistry and camaraderie and familiarity. And, um, you know, it's, it's a situation where, you know, we're still what, six weeks away from the start of, of the men's basketball season. But, um, you know, it's, it's encouraging to hear some of the things he's, he said, he continues to harp on, on defense being a point of emphasis. Um, you know, they're healthy. Everybody was able to go full go on Monday. They're going to practice again a couple times later this week. Um, and like you said, have, have 30 overall practices, but, um, no, I think the, what they were able to do this summer is going to be very important in terms of just continuing to develop this team and to get those guys, uh, comfortable and familiar with each other. Yeah. And it's also sort of been a cringe, cringy type of stretch here, right. In preseason in previous years, you've had some significant injuries, uh, that Alabama has, had to weather here in recent years. And so first and foremost, you would just love to see this team get to the first of or first of November, early November uh, in a good place from a health perspective. That would be a change over some, some previous years, but you're right. Listening to Nate yesterday, the defensive emphasis and essentially saying, look, he thinks they're back to a point where accountability uh, based on defensive performance will, will allow them to, you know, use the bench as a motivator. Uh, he he sounds like he really believes he's got 11 guys right now, I guess, with, with JQ out, uh, that he can he can line up and go with. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what we saw, well, I, I went to a couple practices before the foreign tour. Um, it, it looks like a fun team. Um, to, just to watch from a spectator standpoint, I think that carries over to being a fun team to coach. And uh, but yeah, it, it it just seems like there was a lot of of effort, and that might not seem like that big of a deal. But how much were we talking last year? Um, you know, in, in SEC play, especially when Nate Oates was calling for more consistent, and better effort from guys. And you know, I, I think some of the young guys have have brought that to the table. Brandon Miller, someone that they've continued to praise. Um, Nate Oates even went out to say because he he was asked this this wasn't uh, unsolicited but he he said they probably haven't had a freshman as talented as Brandon Miller and you know he's a guy that carried them or not carried them but led them in scoring this summer in that foreign tour and a lot of these young guys have come in and, and competed and brought the right mentality and, and energy and um, you know I think the guys that came back Charles Bediaco Noah Gurley you don't really have to worry about them I think Darius Miles has really bought into being a leader. And someone um, that can create some of that energy. So, yeah, I think it's a good blend right now. Um, of course, it's early. Things can change. Things can go downhill in a hurry. We've seen that with some of these teams in the past. But they're saying all the right things. And then in just the little glimpses that we've gotten of them, it, it seems like they're kind of practicing what they preach. Yeah, say it's a Nate Oates press conference and not a Nick Saban press conference <laughs> without saying it's a Nate Oates press conference and not a Nick Saban press conference. When you can ask a question like, have you ever had a freshman <laughs> as ready for SEC play as Brandon Miller? I mean, you throw something like that at Nick Saban, you better put a football helmet on, right? And your mouthpiece in and, and buckle up that chin strap while you're at it. Yeah, that to that podium <laughs> would be tapped multiple times, and he would give a look over to Josh Maxson of death. Um, <laughs> well, heck, even with Nate, um, you can ask him about injuries these days, and, and he's open to that. So, uh, Saban's been in rare form this season, but that's the thing about uh, Nate Oates. Um, 
you can ask him a question about anything and he's going to give you a, a probably a lengthy two minute answer. Um, you know, you could, it could be about any topic really, as long as he's, is he has an opinion or knows something about it, he's going to answer. And, and that's appreciated in what we do because, um, quotes are important. That's, that's a lot of just what we post and Nate's good for a lot of them. And no, I mean, he's, he's also really straightforward and, and honest about things too. And I, I don't think saying that about Brandon Miller's to, to, you know, pump confidence in the kid's head. He's really special. Yeah. And he's been special this summer and it's not a crazy comment to make, but you're right. Yeah. It's, most coaches will kind of brush that off or maybe even get pissed off about it. But, but Nate, um, he's going to answer it. And I think he answered it truthfully, to be honest. Yeah. And if we're being really honest, you need uh, someone like that in that position at Alabama as a men's basketball coach. I, I think Anthony Grant's a really good coach, really good person, love his family and, and, and all those things. But, you know, Anthony didn't really elicit a lot of juice from the fan base, um, you know, in situations like that. And so uh, it's something I think certainly helps Nate. And he, he doesn't shy away from what he expects of his teams. Uh, at the same time, uh, you know, in areas like defense, you still better bring it. Or, uh, as he said many times before, you will not see much of the four. So, interesting stuff with men's basketball at Alabama following day one of uh, preseason practice for the Crimson Tide. Shifting gears to football, Charlie. Uh, Arkansas. Alabama has yet to taste defeat at the hands of the Razorbacks in the Nick Saban era. There have been years, though, where Alabama went into this game feeling as if it could be a 50-50. I go back to 2010, 2011, um, at least going into games, uh, the expectation was that it would be a hard-fought battle. 2014, there really wasn't that expectation going out to Fayetteville. Alabama ends up winning by a point there. But uh, from a injury perspective, because uh, we know that's first and foremost, Alabama had a couple of defensive guys that we saw leave the game against Vanderbilt on Saturday night. You got anything for us there? Is that kind of to be determined, you think, as the week goes along? And and maybe even on the offensive side of the ball, some debuts on the not-too-distant horizon for a couple of receivers, perhaps. Yeah, nothing concrete um, from, an, from a new standpoint when it comes to injuries. Um, you know, I asked Nick Saban about Byron Young after the game, and he was – short and sweet with his update, but at least he provided one. And, and he said, you know, Byron Young has a sprained ankle and we saw him, you know, take the cart to the locker room and come out on crutches. I think he had his right foot in a walking boot after the game. And you're just kind of skimming through yesterday's photos that Alabama sent out from practice. Um, there's one where they're doing Bama Jacks. It's, it's not really a, a photo that's focused on any one individual, but you can kind of see a sliver of a black Jersey behind Coleman Hutzler. And a guy wearing a walking boot on his right foot. And it kind of looks like a defensive lineman. So the fact that he's even out there doing Bama Jacks or some form of them is encouraging. Um, you know, it's still, I think it's TBD on, on Byron Young's status for this weekend. Um, I'm going to bring my helmet and chin strap to Wednesday's press conference <laughs> and, and hopefully ask for one. Uh, we'll start a GoFundMe for you, Charlie. Yeah. Well, we got you. We got your back. Don't worry about it. But, um, you know, that was a big one because just seeing a guy ever take a cart, um, you know, to the locker room is, is never is it, it, is not typically a good thing. But, you know, it also makes sense to not make the big guy walk all the way to the locker room when you have that at your disposal. Um, 
you know, Jordan Battle, like he got a little banged up in the game. Uh, no definitive update on him as of yet. Again, that's something for for tomorrow. Um, and then, yeah, the wide receivers looking at them in pregame. Um, Jojo Earl, Aaron Anderson and Tyler Harrell were all at the back of the receiver line when they were just initially going through um, and running routes. And, you know, it, it looked like I, I would have been surprised if they had played, but it looked like Tyler Harrell and, and Aaron Anderson could have gone just because they both had on cleats. They both were spatted up. Uh, they were moving around well. Jojo Earl, um, it was the first time we saw him or Tyler Harrell in pregame warmups. He was moving around pretty well, too, but he didn't have cleats on. He had on those turf shoes we often see when we used to be allowed at practice. And um, it's still, though, encouraging sign that they're even out there and doing that. Um, looking back at, I guess it was early August now, you know, Nick Saban kind of pointed to, to this weekend, to October 1st, uh, as a potential return date for JoJo Earl. You know, we've seen reports out there that, that Tyler Harrell could be back at that time as well. And, and you mentioned it, this is an important stretch for Alabama against some tough competition and, you know, to get some explosive guys back in at the receiver position to help out in the passing game. I think that would be big news. Um, so we'll see, um, you know, I'll, I'll watch them again in pregame warmups on, on Saturday and Fayetteville. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if all three travel, uh, because they haven't so far this year. And, um, you know, maybe, you know, one, two, maybe even all three make their debuts on Saturday. What's the trust level right now in this team as it goes back out on the road? Because it's been well documented. We talked about it even before the trip to Texas, that it wasn't an easy road for Alabama a year ago. Uh, That proved to be the case once again in the harrowing win over the Longhorns just a couple of weekends ago. And, you know, part of it, too, is I think we forget that, you know what, the road is supposed to be hard. (laughs) <laughs> I was thinking about it earlier today, and you think about the quarterback position specifically. And you know, Bryce uh, a year ago at Texas A&M uh, took a loss on the road. Well, you know what? Uh, really, other than Tua Tonga Vailoa, especially if you want to talk about multi-year starters, it's hard just to run the table over a couple of seasons. And you know, Tua uh, wasn't around to make the start against Auburn in his final year on the job, but. You know, Jalen Hurts had a loss at Auburn on the road. A.J. McCarron had a loss at Auburn on the road. Um, You can really go down the list. Greg McElroy had two road losses in 2010, South Carolina and LSU. Um, It's not supposed to be easy on the road. So uh, maybe that'll give us some perspective as we consider what Alabama is going to look to take on with a with an Arkansas team should be motivated for multiple reasons, a tough loss to A&M last Saturday night. And at the end of the day, right, this, this is Alabama coming to town. Yeah. And that's something that people, um, or at least the, the fans that we cater to, I feel like don't take into consideration as much as the team that they root for is every opposing team Super Bowl, especially when they get them at their place. And it's going to be crazy. On Saturday, it's going to be a sellout. Heck, for whatever reason, they're doing a red out, even though these teams wear the same shade of red. Um, but it's it is road environments are, are oftentimes hostile. But whenever you're the number one or two team in the country, it amps up a little bit. Your know, fans want to come and, and see their team knock off a, a top five team. And, um, you know, Fayetteville's been a weird place because you can look back in, in 2020 and win 52 to three. Or like you said, I, I remember that 2014 game 
vividly. It was just a weird one. And so I think Arkansas under Sam Pittman is trending in the right direction, even though you know they're coming off a loss. Um, I, I still think Alabama should win this win and probably win it in, in pretty convincing fashion. But it's going to be a challenge to go on the road and to do that from an offensive standpoint because you know that that <clears throat> that crowd at, at, at Reynolds Razorback Stadium is, is going to be they're going to be loud they're going to be hostile so um, I think defensively um, Alabama should play well they have uh, this this past week was a complete game and I think the corners are, are getting settled in but yeah I mean it's it's not easy to win on the road and I, I think. You know, Nick Saban dropped that hateful competitors comment for a reason. And, you know, they want to see guys really relish going on the road and and kind of embracing that hostile environment and hearing from some of the, the veterans on this team, like uh, Henry Toa Toa and, uh, and Will Anderson. They know they haven't done that to an extent. I think they're they're kind of motivated to do that. I don't, I don't know if this is the week where you go out and just suck the soul out of an opposing stadium, but it it could be. Could be. And um, again, you know, credit Sam Pittman. I think he's built a culture there mm-hmm. at Arkansas that in addition to having Alabama coming to town really to his benefit throughout the week, maybe not so much on Saturday, we'll see. But in terms of just the lead up, uh, I think it benefits Sam Pittman to have this game after what happened last Saturday night at Jerry World. Um you know, I, I think it will be up to the Arkansas team, though, to get this Arkansas crowd to what it can be uh, after that loss to Texas A&M. And you know, a lot of this you know, goes back to how Alabama comes out in the first quarter. And really, at Texas, it wasn't that Alabama was poor in the first quarter, especially on offense. They scored 10 points. Um, but the mistakes, that's the thing. And it's just hard to envision, especially the defensive side of the ball, right? Will Anderson struggling with lining up onside or staying onside or personal fouls or, you know, just double digit flags on the defense. I I have a hard time thinking that's going to happen for a second straight road game. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, typically the defense is in a more favorable situation on the road because the opposing crowd is going to want to be a a little more quiet for their offense but yeah I, I don't see will anderson having a duplicate performance like that he's kind of his stride in the last couple games and again he's someone that that's heard those hateful competitor comments and he wants to be that guy he 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 is someone that sets the tone for this defense he's one of several players that does in fact and um i i think that yeah i, I don't think we'll see the the defense make as many mistakes now offensively you know, we've seen some false starts. We've seen some holds. We've seen some things like that. And it's going to be tough on those big guys up front because it's going to be loud. They're probably going to have to go on some silent counts because of the noise. But, um, no, I, from a from a penalty standpoint, I don't know if we'll see another um, you know, performance, at least this quickly, uh, like we saw in Texas. Yeah, and, you know, you think about uh, the defensive side and the challenge for Alabama this week. Obviously, K.J. Jefferson is – a run threat to go along with a, being a very capable passer. Uh, Rocket Sanders in that backfield, I think, you know, he's not B. John Robinson, but he's not all that far off either. This is a guy that can house it from just about anywhere on the field. You don't get a nickname like Rocket, you know, if you're a three-yard-per-carry <laughs> kind of guy. Um, but I think for both teams, you think about last year's game, just last November it was, and the wide receiver production 
that both teams got with Traylon Burks for Arkansas and Alabama with Mechie and Jamison Williams. And I'm thinking this game could come down to whichever of those units step up the most for these two teams, because you want to get into question marks. I, I, I think that's maybe where they're, they're, they're the biggest at. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Cause there's a, there's a big absence at that receiver position in terms of what we saw last year. And you know, I think Alabama this past week, while they probably didn't, say that they did they kind of made a statement from the receiver position and if you get one or multiple of those injured guys back that's only going to boost that position group even though they have to you know be or they have to have chemistry with Bryce Young and and they might have to knock off some rust but I think Ja'Cory Brooks is kind of emerging as that number one wide receiver um, at least someone that, that Bryce Young looks to when he needs something to to happen we saw it late in the game against Texas um, I think Treshawn Holden is continuing to um, you'll be more and more consistent. And I think that's really the big thing with him besides maturity. Uh, so that's always encouraging. And, and Jermaine Burton kind of came to life a little bit last week. I don't think, you know, he's someone that's going to be you know quiet too many weeks in the season. So, you know, those three alone, um, you know, for them to be productive, I think is, is big. And then you, know, you see Kobe Prentice bounce back from a drop pass and, finished with a respectable number you see some of these young guys like uh, Isaiah Bond and Kendrick Law get on the field um, if they can just get similar production from those wide receivers and get them to catch the ball um, yeah I think they'll be in good shape you know from from an Arkansas standpoint you know you look at Kool-Aid McKinstry Taryn Arnold they've pre- played pretty well here in the last couple of weeks been the starters even though we've seen you know, continued uh, rotation and competition there. Um, you know, if they can be consistent and, you know, play the ball like they should, then it should equal out. But, you know, if you have a an Arkansas receiver to step up in this game and to be Traylon Burks S, then it'll be a much more interesting contest than, you know, just looking at the surface of, I don't want to say no name wide receivers, but not a Traylon Burks. So, it, it is an interesting matchup from a wide receiver standpoint because last year, you're right. I mean, it was a who's who, essentially. And Alabama's wide receivers look like they kind of took the step in the right direction. And if they can continue to doing that, then that position, I think, no longer becomes a concern or a question mark for this offense. Yeah, we're st- still kind of in wait and see mode with this Alabama offensive line. But just looking at the numbers in terms of sacks allowed – it's trending in a better way, right? Mm-hmm. Than it did a year ago. And it needs to, because this is an Arkansas team that can get after your quarterback in passing situations, but four sacks allowed for Alabama through four games. A um, couple of those were coverage sacks. As I recall, uh, now that's understanding Bryce also bails you out at times, maybe when protection yep. isn't great, <laughs> but w- would you agree with that? That this looks to be a group that, in comparison to say a year ago, at least across the board, understanding Evan Neal was a first round pick, but tackle to tackle uh, protection. Is it improving in your opinion? And you, know, you got to take the backs into account there too, I guess. I think it is improving. Um, and I'm glad you said the backs because we've seen uh, Jameer Gibbs and Jace McClellan be uh, better just in picking up a, a blitz and things like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, Four sacks, four games, you know, one a game, you'd like it to be lower, but that's not a terrible clip. And, um, you know, you also, I mean, a lot of this, you have to take this into account of, of level of competition they face. But 
I thought Texas did a good job from the defensive game plan standpoint and what they tried to do against Alabama. So um, it, it is going to be a challenge this week because Arkansas leads the SEC in sacks. Drew Sanders has five and a half. But if they can nullify that pass rush and you know leave a an extra blocker in there, whether a tight end or running back, and give Bryce time to just to operate then they can see success because the pass defense for Arkansas, just from a yards allowed standpoint mm-hmm. near the bottom of the sec, uh, that secondary hasn't been great. And, um, you know, if, if they can hold those edge and, and pass rushers at bay, then I think this offense can, can potentially have a big day. And so, um, you know, that's easier said than done again. They've had what 20 sacks in, in four games. That's a, that's a high clip for a defense. And um, but I do think that the the offensive line across the board, like you were saying, has made improvements. They're kind of trending in the right direction. And if they can be sound and consistent, especially this month coming up, that's going to be big for this offense and this team. Yeah. Second straight meeting that Alabama is going to see an Arkansas defense without Jalen Catalan at the safety position. Yeah. And that's big because that dude is a player. And, you know, Arkansas, I believe, sacked. Bryce three times last November. The problem was when they didn't sack him, he he was throwing for 560 yards. <laughs> that was just a little bit of a problem. And Barry Odom, I typically think of him as more zone concepts, but he tried to bring the heat. So if you're thinking that maybe Alabama has calmed down some of these opposing defenses from a blitz perspective, I've, you know, they got lit up blitzing Alabama last year, but that doesn't, that doesn't make me think, I don't know about you, Charlie, that those a gaps still not, might not be busy uh, in pass protection for Alabama on Saturday. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, it's, we saw what happened last year and you're right with, with no Jalen Catalan. That's, that's not great news for Arkansas and they're giving up over 300 yards a game through the air. So if these receivers can get open and, and catch the football, it's, it's really kind of easy to envision the passing game having another big day but that starts with these big guys up front to you know take what they've accomplished the last couple weeks build on that and continue to do it and do it on a consistent basis moving forward because you know we've we've seen some movement at the guard positions um you know speaking of a gap like if tyler booker is in the game um, he's been playing really well as a true Mm -hmm. freshman but if not javian cohen like your uh, Darren Dalcourt, they're going to have to play well. And, and that's not really an area Nick Saban has been talking about from a concern standpoint. It's been, you know, from the, the three interior positions, has been more from a run game and, and creating movement up front. So if, if those guys can just, you know, be sound and, and not just let guys get in the backfield at will, um, yeah, I think this, this offense can certainly – I don't know if Bryce is going to throw for 500 yards again, but it, would it surprise me? No, given what this Arkansas pass defense has looked like through the first four weeks. You mentioned Drew Sanders earlier, and I think we need to do a little segment here. Drew Sanders revisited. Um, he's only been away from the Alabama program for, I guess, nine, ten months now. Um, we'll, we'll talk about kind of the, the scenario in which he, he left the program for Arkansas, but – Boy, it just feels like there's a pretty, pretty big gap between folks who remember him for what he produced while he was at Alabama and thinking ahead to what might have been had he stayed at Alabama. Um, 
know, he was a contributor to a national championship team, not just a national championship team on special teams either. He had a defensive role at times for that 2020 team, one of the best teams in college football history. He was on his way to perhaps becoming that other guy on a consistent basis opposite of Will Anderson until the hand injury opened the door for Dallas Turner a season ago. Um, I'm kind of in the middle of all that. Uh, I, I don't I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world that he left. I think the, the bigger deal is he left for Arkansas, which means you got to see him right. this year and maybe next year. Uh, but as far as what Alabama was left with, uh, you know, you look at the primary positions that, that he occupies, um, those two spots look pretty good so far through four games. Yeah. And, you know, I, I agree that, that Drew, um, looked to be well on his way to being a special player. And I thought he played well last year after Chris Allen went down the season opener. Um, you know, but when Dallas Turner got the opportunity, when, when Drew went down, then, you know, he didn't really give that up. And I can see, and this is just me speculating here, I can see where an older player, um, you know, former five-star, would kind of be a little pissed at that uh, and maybe look to, to go elsewhere. But, you know, it, it is a situation where he's having success in a new place and he's having success at a different position, playing inside linebacker. And um, I, I do think that Jalen Moody and Deontay Lawson have played well, but you, you kind of wonder maybe what if Drew Sanders was in this defense with you know, playing at, at maybe Will alongside Henry Toa Toa mm-hmm. with, with Will Anderson and Dallas Turner. That could be pretty nasty given what he's been able to produce um, you know, through four games with five and a half sacks, which leads the nation. But um, you know, Jalen Moody and, and Deontay Lawson are by no means scrubs. I think they've played well, and uh, they both played well enough to, to be on the field and, and continue to rotate. Um, at the outside linebacker position, though, Alabama's got a ton of depth with, with Dallas Turner, who really usurped um, – drew last season and didn't let go of that job and then now chris braswell who we saw on the field with both of um, dallas turner and will anderson last week so i, I think with with drew I, I get where people he is probably when you look at the guys that left last year the biggest loss um mm-hmm. and alabama had i think 17 players enter the transfer portal either during or after the season um i think maybe you make a case for a marcus banks just given the things that happened at the the cornerback position from an injury standpoint but it, for me, it's more just a. Well, what if he had stayed and played inside linebacker like he is now? Like, what would this defense look like? Would it be mm-hmm. even better? Um, would Jalen Moody still be at Alabama? Exactly. Because uh, you know that's interesting. Portal. Because at the time when Christian Harris right was weighing the NFL, it felt like Moody went in the portal because he wasn't sure about maybe Christian Harris, but maybe he was also keeping an eye on Drew Sanders, Charlie, and all that. I don't know. It it could be that situation. And, you know, you never want to see a guy that's waited his turn to just kind of give up on that and not get that opportunity. But again, Drew's been playing well for Arkansas. And you hear from Nick Saban, um, you know, he was pretty brief in, in talking about Drew and he got a couple questions about him yesterday. But he was asked about him playing inside linebacker and that versatility. And you know, he said that was probably what they were going to do with him. It just didn't work out. Um, so, you know, it's curious, and it's one of those things you could look look back on, especially if Drew just comes out and has a monster game against Alabama on Saturday. But um, no, it's it's interesting, and in, in one that even heck, even before this, earlier in the season, on a random SEC teleconference, because he can get asked questions by anybody. 
I think someone asked Saban about about Sanders, and and he said that yeah, he would have probably been a starter this year. So there were plans for him to maybe move inside and contribute to that position, but it just it didn't work out. So yeah, it it is interesting to think of the dichotomy and everything that happened with Jalen Moody entering the portal and then eventually removing his name. You know how different that position could look this season, but. Moody's had a really strong start to the season. Deontay Lawson's been sharp in his moments at, at will uh, linebacker. And then, you know, it's good to see Drew going somewhere else and having success because, you know, a lot of the times when these guys leave Alabama, you don't really hear from them much again. In terms of being featured, that was always going to be more the case at Arkansas than maybe at Alabama. Maybe he would have been featured like this at Alabama. The point being, it wasn't as much of a given back in January as it was with Arkansas back in January, because you just look at inside linebacker, Hayden Henry, Grant Morgan, two 100 tackle guys have left. So bumper pool needed a running mate or two. And then even on the edge, Trey Williams, one of Arkansas's top edge guys had moved on. So there were three guys Arkansas was looking to replace with one guy in Drew Sanders. There was going to be more to consider at Alabama. And again, maybe it would have played out the same way, but I just don't think it was the, the, the given maybe that it, that it was at, at Arkansas. So Charlie, let's, uh, your yeoman workman like effort with Bama in the NFL is recently dropped on the website. How about Jalen and Tua three and O the only NFL quarterbacks, right? With three and O records. Is that correct? They are, yeah. It's it's crazy that <laughs> we're only through three weeks of the NFL season and there's only two undefeated teams left. Um, you know, those those teams have just been uh, beating the shit out of each other. It feels like, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a good storyline to have uh, a position group at Alabama that some people question the success level at the next level. Um, they're both leading their teams to undefeated records in the first three weeks. And heck, last week. You had you know Jalen and Tua doing their thing, but then Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith led their teams respectively in, in receiving yards. So you know both of those teams are um, they have several Alabama guys that are contributing in big ways. Lena Dickerson's the starting guard for the Eagles. Uh, I think Raekwon Davis was inactive this week, but he's a big part of that Dolphins defense. Josh Job getting some run with the Eagles as well. So yeah, uh, a great start for both of them and. It's, it's been a busy three weeks. Um, I think if you combine the first three weeks of the season, um, there have been 25 touchdowns scored by Alabama players. Or not, maybe not even wow. 25 touchdowns. 25 players have scored touchdowns in the first um, eight weeks. You know, Eight the first week, eight last week, and nine this past week. So they've been wow. scoring at will. And then defensively, uh, this, this past week alone um, – a lot of turnovers, a lot of negative plays. We saw Kareem Jackson and, and Trayvon Diggs both um, you know, come up with either a fumble or an interception. Deron Payne with the safety. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, those players were, were sealing wins for their team. So, yeah, it's um, it's a task to keep up with all that. I'll be honest. But, um, you know, I, I know it's one that Alabama fans like to see how these guys are doing in the NFL. And they're staying busy. I know that. <laughs> Well, Charlie, we'll let you go ahead and get a jump start on the trip to Fayetteville. Be sure you pack uh, Will Reichert, okay? Just make sure (laughs) you put number 16 somewhere in a bag because he travels pretty good. We didn't really get into special teams, but uh, maybe we should have with Will Reichert and his his wares as a kicker. 
No, Will's had a, a great season so far. I mean, heck, um, I've been Perfect. doing the, the program stories for, for Alabama, and he was last week's cover boy, and uh, deservedly so. He's had a, a hell of a season, a hell of a career, and, um, yeah, Mr. Consistent. That's that's what I think of when I hear Will Rocket. Heck, and like you said, this year he's been Mr. Perfect. That stadium hadn't always been kind to Alabama kickers. I'll just stop right there with that. <laughs> but uh, – Will uh, has been magnificent, no doubt about it. Well, Charlie, as always, appreciate you taking the time here on the Bama Online Podcast. A lot of fun talking some men's hoops and certainly a lot of football with you. And we're going to have continuing coverage right there at BamaOnline.com throughout the week with Charlie helping us out. First and foremost, you got Tim Watts and Hank South on the recruiting side of things. And, of course, the legend, Kirk McNair, also a part of our team there at BOL. And you'll want to join us on the roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama fans globally right there at BamaOnline.com. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, by the way, the Bama Online podcast, we hope you'll do so. Simple as a click or two. And if you would leave us a rating and a review while you're there, that would help us out tremendously as well. Charlie, again, man, thanks. Safe travels this weekend. Yeah, no problem, Travis. Always good to catch up, man. For Charlie Potter, Travis Ryer, thanks again for joining us right here on the Bama Online Podcast. And until next time, so long, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.